Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooter Podcast. This week you have me, your host, Dave, and Leo. Hello. We also have a guest. This week we're going to welcome Daniel Anderson. You may have heard his name before. Well, maybe not the Anderson part. Uh, he is actually the winner of the Hunter's HD Gold Glasses, and he just went to Nationals for his first time ever. Daniel, go ahead and say hello and take a minute to introduce yourself. How's it going, everyone, from Podcast World? Uh, yeah, uh, like Dave said, uh, it was my first Nationals. Um, I've been shooting USPSA for uh, about eight months now, and uh, like, uh, like they say, don't be a little bitch. So I figured I'd jump in and uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome i love it <laughs> uh and we'll get into that in a minute we'll get into that whole nationals thing and how you got there and all of that first off as you're well aware because you've listened to more than one episode that i can um determine we always ask to get to know daniel questions question number one favorite movie yeah, that's a that's a hard one to narrow down. I've really uh, I've had to think about that one, um, and I couldn't narrow it down to just one. So, um, uh, first favorite movie of all time would have to be Tombstone. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll be dating myself, okay. but uh, so I actually <laughs> wore out two VHSs of Tombstone growing up. I watched it so dang how much. <laughs> Um, wow. second favorite movie would, no, 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 not going back to Betamax. <laughs> uh, second favorite movie would probably be Kingdom of Heaven. I'm not familiar with that one. With the, uh, Crusades, awesome movie. Um, what man is a man who does not make this world better? One of my favorite quotes. Yep. Okay. Very good movie. You should watch it, Dave. It's got uh, Legolas in it, though. It has who? What? Uh, Orlando Bloom. Okay. All right. Favorite book? Favorite book is going back a ways. That was also a hard one to narrow down. i uh very avid reader. Um, but uh, it'd probably be On the Road by Jack Kerouac. Okay. What's that about? Uh, it's uh, it's kind of a 1950s beatnik book, basically. It started like the beatniks. It's about traveling across America, um, finding yourself and uh, seeing this beautiful country that we have. Okay. All right. Favorite historical figure. Historical figure, and a, my favorite president was Theodore Roosevelt. Talk softly and carry a big stick. Oh, there you go. Uh, okay. And, uh, also, uh, you know, it just uh, he always impressed me. Um, I'm a really big fan of national park system. Um, I grew up traveling around the country with my uh, my grandparents, and uh, I've been to probably about 90% of the national parks. I've been to 49 out of 50 states. And um, his, uh, you know, his his whole setup with the national park system uh, and his conservation with John Muir, just uh, it, it really kind of, it's always stood out to me. He's always a, he's an honorable warrior 
you know. <laughs> With the Rough Riders. So and, what uh, state are you missing? Thing. Hawaii. Can't drive there. Yes, Cuba. Okay. No, not De- Cuba. Hawaii. Definitely cannot drive. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you could try. There are some boats that are amphibious. I mean, vehicles that are amphibious. I don't know that I would trust it in the ocean, though. All right, your favorite gun and caliber, as you know, they don't have to be, you know, if you say 45 is your favorite gun, I mean, sorry, the 1911 is your favorite gun. You do not have to say 45 is your favorite caliber. That's your example. Well, uh, the 1911 is my favorite gun. Uh, I grew up shooting 1911s. Um, I, I know it's, you know, default, and uh, but that's that's... Now, it, it, John Browning, you know, another one of my heroes. I mean, it, you can't beat it. What, two world wars, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. I've got my granddad's uh, uh, Colt from Korea, actually. Uh, I grew up shooting oh, that. Wow. I've got a couple other Colts, and uh, I've got a couple Kimbers and a couple other different 45 or 1911s, and just that, you know, you, you just can't beat it. It's, it's, Perfect. And it's engineering at its simplest and best. Agree. Uh, as far as caliber goes, uh, on a 1911, I prefer a 45, but um, caliber in general on a pistol, generally I prefer 9mm. Um, but uh, on a 45, you know, or on a 1911, I prefer a 45. And a 45, you prefer a 45? Yeah, 45, I prefer a 45. <laughs> 1911, I, I prefer a 45. <laughs> now, what about rifle? Do you shoot any rifle? I do, I do, actually. Uh, and that's what I grew up mostly shooting was rifle. Um, I've always I always loved rifles, and, um, and that's kind of what got me into USPSA because I wanted to increase my pistol skills. But uh, I've got a couple Remington 700s, uh, and that's, you know, that's really my go-to, and... Uh, I like my 308. Um, that uh, that range over there, at the CMP. I don't know if you guys have been to it before, but they've got a 600-yard range there, or up to a 600-yard range, and then they've got a, a steel kind of staggered steel stage out there, or steel range. It's beautiful range, though. It's most one of the most technologically advanced ranges in the country. But the um, I take my 308 out there, and I can hold a pretty good grouping out there, about two and a half inches to 600 yards. That's fantastic, actually. That's better than half minute of angle accuracy, so that's good. Are you there, Daniel? Yes, sir. I'm here. Okay. Your video has gone away a little bit, but your audio is perfect, so we're going to keep it rolling. All right. So... What gun, now you shot production, correct? Mm-hmm. So what gun did you shoot at Nationals? I've got a CZ Shadow 2. Um, and if 1911s weren't my favorite, that gun would definitely be my favorite. Um, I started shooting with a PPQ in USPSA, um, but I, I realized that I needed something a little bit heavier. And that Shadow 2, my God, it is one of the most accurate pistols and most beautiful shooting pistols I've ever had. It is, it's awesome. Okay. 
Have you done any modifications to it at all? Oh, most definitely. Um, I'm a I'm a tool and die maker and programmer. I'm a machinist by trade. Um, so tinkering is kind of part of my forte. Um, I've I've changed about all of the internals except for the the barrel, I guess. <laughs> wow! Goodness. Uh, the barrel and the extractor. That that's about that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow! Okay. But uh, it's got one heck of a trigger on it. It's a little it. bit more than just tinkering. Well, you know. So it's really a Daniel Shadow too. Yeah, we like to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you said you um, got into shooting competition because you wanted to get better with the pistol. Yes. At, at what point in your life did you make that decision, and how did you go about doing that? Well, um, so I grew up shooting. I've been shooting ever since I can remember with my family members. I grew up in a, a very military family. Uh, I didn't serve myself, but um, most of my family members had. I didn't, The only reason why I didn't is because I was, uh, I've got asthma and have to uh, carry an inhaler with me. The recruiters didn't like that too much. But um, so shooting's always been in my life. Um, and as far, you know, I was always really good with a rifle, whether it be, you know, um, uh, high caliber or even ARs or anything like that. But pistol, I was always okay. Um, you know, I grew up watching Top Shot and seeing these guys with these pistols and doing all this crazy stuff. Um, you know, I started watching some videos of USPSA, uh, when I was younger and I'm just like, okay, you know, Rob Latham, you know, he, the goat, man, the goat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been around before video. Oh, so. uh, you know, and I, always, I think even before silent movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome to meet him at nationals. It was freaking, oh my God. It, it, all the people that I met at Nationals, it was just phenomenal. But Rob Latham, I mean, he's 72 years old and one single stack. You know, he's... How does that happen? That is <laughs> a f amazing on his end. It's impressive. That is amazing. It was awesome yeah. to watch him shoot, too. It was just, it was very humbling, let me tell you. <laughs> I did not realize he was 72. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. But, uh, well, none of us have any excuses, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, if he's moving, he kind of takes it all out of there. I had excuses before. That's crazy. Yeah. I was tracking the, um, statistics each day and he was in the top five every day. So he was within reach and I'm not sure exactly what happened on that last day, but he definitely moved from, I think, fourth to first. So good for him. That's amazing. Yeah, he brought it home hard. All right, so you kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, what made you decide to go to Nationals? Well, um, I've been shooting over at CMP now for about six months. Um, I shoot at, uh, I'm kind of centrally located to a couple of really good uh, match, USPSA matches around here. So I'm about an hour for the CMP, about an hour from Huntsville, and about an hour from Birmingham. 
Um, and they've got some really good matches at all three of those places. But I've been, uh, you know, I, I shoot CMP every month uh, and started talking to the, the range master down there and um, and some of the other guys that work down there and, you know, set it up. And they're just like, yeah, come out and do it. Um, you know, we'll, we've got a couple uh, spots and I was a little too late to get the spots, but I was able to uh, squeeze in and get one. And I'm like, well, you know, the opportunity's here. You don't. You know, I know I'm not going to be in contention to win, but, you know, maybe I can win my class or at least get high up there and see where I stand, you know, with these top shooters and, you know, just get out there and have fun and the experience, the experience. That's that's what it's all about. Having fun in the experience. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, last year was for me. Same thing. Um so did you get an opportunity to watch the super squad at all? I did. I did. Uh, the first day I watched them for a while. Um, cause they, they're shooting on alternate schedule for me. So I was shooting AM, okay. PM, AM and they were shooting PM, AM, PM. So I was able to watch them, uh, the first day and the third day. Um, and it was, uh, golly bump. It, the way they had this, uh, the super squad set up, they had, um, the single stack super squad. And then they had, Oh, lost you there for a second. We're back. Yep. We're back. Good. Okay. Um, they had the single stack, uh, super squad, uh, on one stage and then following right behind them was the production super squad. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a sight to behold. These guys are just, they're surgeons. And yeah. it was uh, it was awesome to walk stages with those guys and uh, learn some of their tips and tricks and just to meet them, and shake hands, and kind of listen to some of their stage plans. You know, it was, you know, it's like going out there and meeting you know your uh, your your heroes. You know, <laughs> it's it's awesome. Yes, Leo met his last year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Max, if you're listening, you're the man. He knows. <laughs> he knows. So you think you're going to go back? I most definitely will. Uh, from what I'm hearing, that they're going to be uh, at the CMP now for at least two more years. So I'm going to try to get out there. Um, I'm trying to set it up with uh, Troy to get some RO uh, classes over at the CMP and uh maybe end up working it next year oh wow okay very neat then you'll be able to uh run the super squad through there yeah that'd be cool and and make fun of us when we go through there but <laughs> yeah yeah but that's all good now you as, guys as we learned that yeah the last time we went we were like oh so yeah if the shoot if the super squad's scooting uh shooting pm am pm now we know for the future if you if you want to shoot near them, PM AM PM. <laughs> or if you want to watch them, then like you did, be yeah. opposite. Right. So. Now you guys shoot carry so, optics, right? I do. Okay. And what do you shoot? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start shooting carry optics. Um, uh, Sig P320. Okay. Awesome. So he's so. been shooting limited. Yeah. Ah. Uh, 
I'm it's building a carry optics gun right now. Uh, and you shoot a, a canic, don't you, Dave? I do. That's that's what I'm working on for my carry optics. He has been paying attention. Production champion right there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. He was awesome. Hey. <laughs> he was very consistent throughout the entire match. That he was. So... I don't think he had any penalties the entire match. No, he did not. No mics and no penalties. So, yeah, he was very consistent. I think his worst place on a stage was 16th. Jeez. Yeah, he was very, very consistent. Um, now, you, you talk about RO classes, but have you taken any shooting classes? Actually, I have not yet. I'm in the process of working on taking some shooting classes, and that's what I was talking with some of the uh, the guys at Nationals um, and getting some names and some people that are fairly local. Uh, there's a guy over in Atlanta that uh, I'm in contact with, and going, he's a, a GM production shooter, uh, awesome shooter. He was at the um, uh, Practical Shooter Training Group uh, training up in uh, – with Steger a couple of weeks ago, and I'm in the process of uh, getting some, cl- uh, going to get some classes from him in the next month. So Tyler, something Tyler or Tyler something? No, no, it's uh, Yankopolis. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, uh, and that yeah, was... you're right. I think he was at the uh, yeah they had their big um, like summit PSTG summit. Right, right. Okay. Now, have you have you sat down and taken a moment and dissected your nationals performance? Yes, yes, I have. Um, okay, I, I've learned a lot, uh, and that's that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to go is to go there and learn where I stand. Uh, and I've got uh, actually the guy who was taking my videos, so I dissected my videos and go through and see where. My positives and negatives, and I write down my negatives, and I focus on my positives. Um, but uh, the guy who was taking my videos was uh, the Alabama state champ, uh, three years running. So um, Tony Donatelli, awesome dude. I uh, was able to squad with some really cool guys. Um, but he, uh, he, he really helped me a lot and gave me some good pointers on things I need to work on. And things I'm doing very well. Okay. Um, so I went through your practice score stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I snooped. <laughs> and um, I noticed your best stages were 17, 1, and 13. Do you remember those stages? I do. I do. Any of them? Um, okay. Can you tell me what they were? So a lot of them were uh, big moving stages, um, big moving stages, and then you had short uh, short mag changes on some of them, uh, and those are the two things that I kind of uh, excel at. Okay. Um, so what what do you th- so what do you think went well with? Why did you do, what specifically did you do well uh, to make those three your best? Was it just those two things? Well, uh, 
a lot of it's your mindset uh, going in. Uh, so number one, I was actually the uh, the first shooter on that stage, um, and it uh, I had my stage plan. I went to my stage plan. I didn't see anyone else run that stage plan on that stage. I focused on it and I did it, you know, blindfolded basically. Um, rather than going in there and changing it up at the last second. Okay. That happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you see other shooters run through it and you're like, oh, I can, yeah, I can speed it up here. I could do this, and, you know, I, I might shave off a half a second doing that. Run your stage plan, focus on your stage plan, do it to the best of your ability. Yeah, because it never works out the way you want it to, if you change it. Right. Um, so, at the end of those stages, did you know that you had shot them very well? Uh, well, the, the scores were posted instantly, so that helped, but I, I do, I did feel good about those stages. Yes. Okay. So when they say unload, show clear and you, you holstered your pistol at that moment, you felt like, yeah, that was a good one. For the most part. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, you're always in question walking through, there's always that one target that, it's like, okay, did I, I think I saw two alphas on that, but I might have pulled a delta. I've had that okay. feeling more than once. <laughs> <laughs> the bad part is on steel, you know right away. Yes. <laughs> Why like, is I it think I would have been a delta. You're like, no, you just missed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We're going to go on the opposite side this time. Stages 14 and 15. You had, let's start with stage 14. I don't know if you remember what that was. I don't. Give me a second. Um, I'll look it up. But you had two no-shoots. What, what, uh, what were the arrays? Sure. Okay. Uh, I think that those were the second day. Um, I was, okay, so... Yeah, it's 14, 15. Uh, there was quite a few no-shoots on that second day. Um, those were up on the, uh, the C-section. They were all the classic IPSC targets. So it was, it was a little bit different. I've, I haven't really shot a lot of the IPSC targets myself. My grip was hurting. I, I, I wasn't pull it, you know, holding it in tight enough. And there was a lot of tight shots and I needed to slow it down and call my shots a lot better. Okay. So you think you just got ahead of yourself? Is that what it was? I did. I went too fast and I didn't focus enough. I did make up a lot of my shots though. I didn't have as many mics, but I, uh, I didn't focus hard enough and take my time on the tight uh, no-shoots. So the very next stage, 15, you had three more. What was, um, what were those, what was that array? Well, actually, that one there, um, (laughs) 
I, I shot that stage twice. Uh, oh. Now, you, you've heard the uh, the whole popper scandal uh, with JJ, right? Nope, haven't heard anything about it. No, no, I'm sure not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope, didn't hear anything about JJ Ricasa in a popper. Nope. <laughs> Who? So, what? The wind was blowing pretty good that day, and especially up on that uh, that sea area where actually that's where jj was shooting um and okay. the way the wind i guess blew up on the it's kind of higher up on that area there they they must have tightened up the poppers a little bit i don't know but um so i i got a reshoot on there so uh i shot it a lot better the first time than i did the second time Yeah, I, I had that at um, the Virginia State match two years ago where um, I don't know if it was the very first stage we shot. I think it was. And I was one of the first shooters. Same thing. I went through. I was calling my shots. Um, everything looked good. Got done. Unload. Show clear. And they're like, someone pointed out I had a steel target standing. Much like J.J. Rakaza. Mm-hmm. And I had a hit in the circle of the popper. Right. And uh, so the range master came down. Jim McBurnett shot it. It did not fall. So I got a reshoot. I'm like, awesome. They're like, you ready? Or do you, you want to shoot now or later? I'm like, no, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. Then I had two sets of double targets that I completely went by. So I had... Eight mics and four failure to shoot at. Dude. So crushed me on the very first stage. Yeah. Everybody at some point has been through that. Mine, I, I destroyed a, a stage at Nationals. Like, I, I literally shot the cable that activated the popper. <laughs> he did. He literally did. At like 20 yards. Yeah. <laughs> totally on purpose, by the way. Yep, because I'm that good. Um, Get it, man. But then and you have that moment like, oh, do you want to reshoot? I'm like, I, you know what? No. Because <laughs> sometimes you're just like, I'm going to take the, the minor infraction or the minor loss in points because the reshoot could just obliterate your, your soul. And uh, yeah. yeah. We've all I, been there. Yeah, I went yeah. from like a... a even with the mic, I did the math on it. I was like a 4.1. I went down to a 2.3 afterwards with the nose shoots. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. Yeah, that's... Wow. So, with those two stages, if you were able to reshoot them, like, let's say this coming weekend you had a local match coming up and they were going to have those stages there, and you knew because they, you know... Uh, Facebook, wherever they posted what the stages were going to be, what would you do differently when you shot them? Uh, slow it down. Other than not shoot the no-shoots. Not shoot the no-shoots, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Two on brown, man. Two on brown. Without stating the obvious. <laughs> right. Uh, slow it down, make sure I got my grip. Um, you know, Hold on to it and grip it tight. Uh, that, that's now, what, I was pulling a little bit low left. That's what it, that's what pulled my no shoots. Okay. 
Do you ever listen to Steve Anderson's That Shooting Show? Before every match. I We might. He's always talking about hate mail from Arik Levy. We <laughs> might get hate mail from him because you keep saying slow down. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Go fast, call my shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So what was your favorite moment at Nationals? Favorite moment at Nationals? Uh, it was probably stage... I think it was stage four. Um, it was my highest hit factor I've ever had on a stage. That was an 8.4. Up until then, my highest hit factor, well, I guess I got a high hit factor the day before. I finished out day two um, with a hit factor on one of my stages at 7 point, I think it was 7.4. And then I got on, it was a, all right, so stage four is a fast burner stage. It is probably going to be a classifier, I would imagine, the way it was set up. So it's uh, four state or four targets, uh, two with no shoots, and then you've got uh, two open, two no shoots, and then you move about two yards, and then you've got another four targets with uh, I think it was two open and two no shoots. And then you move about another uh, two yards, and then you've got another four targets. I believe it was also two no shoots and two open targets. So it was a fast burner stage, but shooting production, you've got two mag changes. So, I mean, and you don't have a lot of room to do those mag changes, but JJ Rikaza shot that stage and I think he got a 14 hit factor, but still shooting that in an 8.4 at the way at my skill level, I was very, very happy. Though I did shoot it the week uh, after. Uh, we did. Uh, at okay. Least I do shoot CMP. Uh, now, uh, did you um, did you go to nationals by yourself? I did. Yes, I was. Uh, I was by myself. I didn't have any buddies there, but I met a lot of friends along the way. Am I still there? All right. Am I breaking up? Right. Now, let's back up for a second. Um, You shot the classifier the next weekend. How was your hit factor in comparison to when you shot it at Nationals? I got a 9.1. Yes. So I stepped it up and I got it uh, at 11 seconds uh, with uh, mostly alphas. I think I had like four Charlies. Much better than uh, Nationals. Am I still there? Okay. And you said a nine hit factor? 9.1.
Okay. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. Now, what is what? What are you doing for training to for improvement? So I've got a uh, I've got some property here in Alabama. Um, I've got a stage set up in the uh, my backfield. Uh, I've got I've got ten targets, ten paper targets that I could set up for target stands. I've got some walls set up, and I've set up certain stages, and I've got some steel set up. I've been doing about 100 rounds a week trying to save ammo, and in between, I do dry fire. So I'll run it through about three times in dry fire, and then I run it through once live fire, and then two more times in dry fire, usually, and then I'll break it down, and then I'll do another stage. Okay. Oh, how frequently during the week do you dry fire? I try to do out outdoors dry fire. I do once a week, and then I do indoor dry fire three more days a week. So about four days total. And about how much? How much time per session? Outdoor dry fire is probably about an hour and a half. Um, indoor dry fire is probably about an hour per session. Okay. Now when you do those indoor sessions, are they more, um, like skill related, meaning draw, grip, um, site acquisition, that type of thing? They are. Um, a lot of the indoor ones, I'm doing more of a mixture between some of, um, Stager and Joel Parks dry fire techniques, and then I'm doing a lot of Steve Anderson's. Uh, his first, uh, his, his, I think it's what first twelve. First twelve. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing his first twelve, and then I do some a mixture of some of their uh, the other uh, Joel Park and Stager's new book, some of their techniques on there. But definitely Stager's uh, indoors. I do a lot of Stager's first twelve. So it's a lot of grip. It's a lot of sight acquisition. And a lot of reloads. You know, shooting production, you got to do reloads. <laughs> now, how do you like um, Joel's and Ben's new book? The way it's laid out is awesome. Um, I, I really enjoy it. Um, I got to move to those uh, advanced levels, and I'm working on it. And uh, it, it's helped me along the way. I'm shooting... Uh, uh, I went from, well, I've been shooting for about eight months, um, and um, most of my classifiers now, they're getting in between about mid-B class. I'm a high C class shooter right now, I know, but uh, I'm, I'm shooting now in more of the mid-B class, and even a lot of my stages are getting into the A class shooting. So, so you'd say all, those, all that dry fire and those drills are paying off. It's helping. You got to put more time in it, and that's that's the one thing with this sport. You know, the more time you put in it, the more you're going to get out of it. That's for sure. It definitely takes some time commitment. Most definitely. Now, what are your 
um, shooting goals? Like, do you have any benchmarks where you want to be at a certain time or? Um, well, I mean, at, by nationals, production nationals next year, which I don't know the date of when it's going to be. They haven't announced that yet, but I'd like to, uh, I'd like to at least come into that as a B class shooter. And then the year following at least come into that as an A class shooter. So, you know, at least come up a class a year is uh, my goal, if not faster. I don't okay. sadly That's have... That's very similar to what I had. But, yeah. Uh, COVID kind of threw mine way off. <laughs> that and the ammo pandemic. Holy cow. I can't find primers That's... anywhere. Yeah. And if you can, and... they're you're paying five times as much. And the, the price of primers, the price of ammo is just crazy. So, um, so you say you shoot three, so how frequently do you shoot competition matches? I know you said you're an hour between three different areas where they hold pretty decent matches, but how frequently do you shoot matches? I would, when I first started was, well, the first couple of months I was shooting one, one match a month. And then I started shooting two matches a month. And then leading up to nationals, I was shooting probably three matches a month. And then I even picked up a steel challenge match here and there. Now, what did you think about steel challenge? Well, I started shooting steel challenge when I first got into uh, the USPSA. So I started that before I started USPSA or started you know, the full USPSA. Um, and... I like it. Uh, it's good for fundamentals. Um, you know, you're, you're, it's all stand and shoot. So it's all, you know, it's all your grip. It's small targets generally. It's at distances. So it's very good for building fundamentals. You have multiple strings. Um, but for a lot of the skills in general for USPSA, you need a little bit more movement. Oh, I totally agree. I kind of feel like um, still challenge is almost like real-time test of how much practice dry fire you did with Steve Anderson's first 12, <laughs> you know? Right. So I like it for that reason. Uh, it de definitely tests your, your draw, your grip, your transition, you know? Yep. So, and calling your shot. So it's, I definitely like it for that. Um, have you, do you use uh, Steggers, I call it his warm-up drill? Where he has you, I believe it's um, in the surrender, hands above, wrists above shoulders. And then you, at the beep, as quickly as you can, move your hand down and slap your holster. I haven't practiced that one, no, sir. I found that um, I found that in one of his books, and I had always found that it took me like two to three, four or five minutes to really warm up and get moving with you know because I would always start with my draw, and then I when I read that I found that that 
would actually, in about a minute to two minutes, I can be completely warmed up, ready to go because it, um, what's the word I want to do uh, or use? It, it sensitizes me immediately to the beep of the timer because I put the timer where my gun would be in the holster. Like I clip it on right there. Right. So as soon as the beep goes, I swat the timer actually. And my goal is three tenths of a second. That way I know that I've reacted at the start of the tone because you know what Steve Anderson says, the tone's three tenths of a second long. Right. So I want my hand at that timer at the time that it ends so that I'm not wasting any time. I found it to be a very good warm up to start with. If I do that for about a minute, really about a minute and a half, then I'm like, then I'm kind of amped and I'm right. ready to go. I didn't know if you had run across that in any of your readings. I haven't seen that one yet, but I would definitely will practice it. So you're having the same ammo issue we are. So <laughs> uh, we're not the, uh, as we've listened to other people in podcasts, we're not the experienced shooters who have gone through this in the past and were prepared for it. Um, no, I've got a few thousand primers left and uh, I have a feeling I'm going to start slowing it down here in the next couple months unless I can find some. So how are you going to prioritize what you have left? Uh, like I said, a lot of dry fire in my live fire practice. So um, I may end up toning that down instead of uh, 100 rounds a week. I may tone it down to 50 rounds a week and um, uh, do a full JB kind of thing and do a lot more dry fire. <laughs> Yeah, that guy is, uh, he's the king of dry fire. He's got to be the king of dry fire. I wish I had that basement. My God. Oh, well, he and his brother are very um, creative, <laughs> right? to say the least. A lot least. of ingenuity. I mean, yeah. They're very good with building stuff, and it's very impressive. But I, I guess you've probably heard some of the episodes with him where He'll go and shoot five rounds, and that's his entire live practice. You're like, wow. I wish or I could do that. I think 12 rounds was another one. And he's like, okay, I'm good. It's crazy. Well, I mean, you get to a point, crazy all you got to do is feel the recoil. But. Oh, see, that'd be a good spot for Huggy to finally chime in and say, I got this cool fire thing. Not a sponsor. Um, and then shoot me in the face. <laughs> Never right. let that go, man. Never let it go. <laughs> no, it, that's definitely yeah. burned a hole in your soul. Yeah. For sure. In my head. If it actually yeah, in your planned. head. That's fine. <laughs> have you seen the cool fire trainer, Daniel? I've seen it. I have not used it. Is, uh, is, is the recoil as accurate or is it close he said it's, um, I don't remember their percentage. It's not the same. It's not 100%, but I still feel like, especially with the ammo shortage going on, mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're doing transition stuff, it would still make you call your shots and then, you know, you have to get that second shot on target before you can 
move, but you could still work that timing um, in dry fire with it. It, it, it. I want to borrow it from him because he and I use the same gun. Mm-hmm. Not the same gun, but the same type of gun. Right. He also shoots a Canic. Yeah, we're not that poor. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I want to borrow it from him and find out how well it it actually works in recoil. I wonder how the cycle time is. If yeah, it's, it's similar been interesting to having uh, feedback from some of the like people we've interviewed saying. Sorry, Leo, go ahead. No. Yeah, I'm, I don't I don't think it's as snappy as like a. No, you're fine. Yeah, I don't think it's as snappy as a 115 or a 124, but yeah, maybe a 147 is about right. Okay. I don't know. We'll have to find out. Yeah, the people we've had on are like, hey, if it gets you to go out there and practice, who cares? That's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so long as it gets you excited, it gets you out there doing it. Hey, the more time with the gun in your hand, the better you'll be. Absolutely. See, totally agree. Say that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I was putting a, I was putting an optic on my, my pistol yesterday, and she's like, do you really have to do that right now? And I'm like... We're just sitting here. Like, <laughs> when you want me to do it, when you're talking to me, like now you're talking to me, so I'll put the gun down. But you know, I love. But just to be very clear, I do love my wife very much, and she's a very <laughs> patient and understanding female. So, just uh, put that out there. You just need to have her and Kevin Garaspi's wife have dinner or lunch or something sometime. <laughs> I should ask him to do that. <laughs> there you go. That's true. I have to call him. So I'm going to I'm going to break off of a pistol for just a second. Um have you shot any right because we were talking rifle earlier. Now have you shot any rifle competition or even considered it? I've considered it. Um so there's a uh I think it's a is it the NRPS or uh no, what is it? The uh, Oh, PRS. PRS. There's a PRS competition. Um, it's about an hour and a half from me here in Alabama. It's probably one of the longest ranges here in Alabama. I think they go out to about 1,400 yards. Okay. It's uh, just west of uh, Birmingham. And uh, it's uh, they've got a beautiful range out there from what I hear. But I don't think my 308 is going to quite go out to 1,400 yards. So I would... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm contemplating building a 6.5 Creedmoor setup um, and going from there, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's a, that's a good plan. Dave. You know, there's there's another option too, Daniel. Um, uh, I haven't shot PRS, but I have shot NRA high power. And um, the, the one thing, I mean, I, I love shooting long range stuff, but... Shot calling is even is just as critical, if not more, in rifle competition because it, the nice thing about the NRA is it's typically slow fire. Right. So you have, you know, at 600 yards, you have 20 minutes to fire 22 rounds. So you've got plenty of time, um, but it requires that you... Number one, as soon as you pull that trigger and you feel the recoil to 
know where your reticle was at the time that the trigger broke. Because that's when your recoil is going to begin right there. Um, and then, you know, your target goes down, it gets scored, comes right back up, and then you can see where your impact was. So then you can see where you called it, where your impact was. Um, and, you know, obviously there's a... Gesture holdover. You know, as long as it's within what I would figure a half a minute of angle, you're spot on. So, since you're that close to CMP and you like it, that might be a, an option. Yeah, I'll check out and see if they've got any competitions out there for that. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm, I imagine they do. I, I, I'm actually kind of jealous that you have rifle and pistol so close to you. Yeah, we might need to move, Dave. I'm thinking we do. Alabama's sure. a beautiful state. Roll Tide. <laughs> it's hard for me to say that as a longhorn fan <laughs> i gotta be honest i didn't go to college and i, I whatever i just i heard it some uh, in a movie i think <laughs> something about a beach yeah i think it was forrest gump probably when you if you do move to alabama so you have to decide either your roll tide or war eagle you, you cannot oh. you cannot abstain they get mad if you abstain. I moved here about 12 years ago, and I, you know, I'm a Florida fan. I grew up down in South Florida. Now, I'm a Gators fan. and They, they kind of look kindly on Gators fans, but you really you have to decide on college football. It's big around here. <laughs> wow. So I which mean, one I are you closer first, to? So I guess I'd have to pick that. What was that, Leo? That's the that's the only one I knew, so I guess I'd have to pick that just because, you know, I don't want to betray them because I didn't know the other team. <laughs> now, are you closer to Alabama or Auburn? Uh, I think Tuscaloosa is closer to where I'm at. So, okay, but they're not far from each other. I mean, I think Tuscaloosa is about two hours away, and then Auburn's about three hours away. So, okay. Saying a lot of words that I don't understand. <laughs> so how far is um, Hunter's HD Gold from you? Do you know? Hey, he's uh, Pel he's out of Pelham, uh, just outside of Birmingham. He's about an hour away. Um, and okay. I got to hang out with Brian quite a bit at Nationals, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's an a, he's awesome dude. Yeah, he is. My God, that band fan. setup he's got. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, I want to, uh, when we were talking to him, I, I wouldn't mind going and doing a live episode from his van. It, he's got the setup, let me tell you. Oh, God. We hung out there after the uh, the third day when we got done shooting. Well, the uh, Super Squad was finishing up, and there we I went up there and watched them for a little bit, came back down, and me and, uh, was it Chase Reigns and, uh, what, Thick John Wick, and uh, Three Gun Kenzie and uh, a couple other, you know, uh, you know, Tony Donatelli, the Alabama state champ, and a couple other good shooters. I mean, we just hung out there and uh, hung out with Brian, had some Kona gold. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so I gotta, I gotta ask you the controversial question: Were you present for any of the drama? 
Actually, I was only about 20 yards from it. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, that's like, that's almost ground zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I had my earbuds in, so I didn't really know what was going on. Um, I was watching the Super Squad. Good on, answer. Um, yeah, stick with that story. Your Honor, I don't know. Um, I was watching the Super Squad uh, shoot some of the last stages on the first day, and uh, all I did, I saw Trevor over there, and I saw Mike over there, and they're hanging out with Brian at the uh, golf cart, and I'm like, hey, dude, that's uh, that's that's Trevor from uh, Bang of Brass, and Mike Foley, I don't think they like each other too much. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of the other shooters that I uh, shoot with regular who was just kind of visiting. And then I just went back to focusing on the super squad, and I just left it alone. Smart. It's like a cobra and a mongoose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't mix. Yeah. Goodness. Awkward. That has created nothing but drama all across the web. Yeah, it's. Uh, it seems like it's going to get interesting. I don't know. Um, I, it doesn't bode well for the sport, and that's what I don't like. It just brings unwanted, uh, you know, negative attention to the sport. I agree. And, and this probably won't be popular either. But I don't. I don't think the nine thousand memes <laughs> make anything any better either. <laughs> but just saying, just throwing it out there. I think there are positive ways we can, or ways we can make this sport better. But I think there's better ways that we could do it. More positive sure. ways, anyway. Yeah, I Absolutely. mean that's that, that that is the goal. I think that most of us, if not all of us, have is to just keep progressing the sport, and you know that it it, it doesn't help when stuff like that happens. Like, just don't be knucklehead. Just like why engage right but, nothing to yeah. see move along right now, now what was the what was the chatter because this would be the first nationals being held since the rules changes what was the chatter down there about all the different rule changes were there any flashlights <laughs> there were some flashlights and um it was uh okay the ro's had a difficult time with that actually so because really they, yeah yeah well they had to check to make sure they function right they have to be functioning did they, lights did they check every single shooter before the start of every single stage i only had one guy in my squad that had a light okay but he got checked i don't know maybe about a quarter of the time but okay they forgot to check. They they didn't remember to check at the beginning. So the way I, I heard it later on in the match is that you're supposed to announce that you have a light so the RO can check it ahead of time. Well, he That's never like announced bankruptcy. it. I have a light. <laughs> he never announced it, so I'm... they would always have to check it after he already started to load and it became a an issue there. <laughs> oh wow. Interesting. Okay. But huh. as far as the belt changes, it was not an issue whatsoever. Um I changed my belt setup 
because of uh, the bag that I use. My range bag is a backpack, and I was breaking um, mag pouches off of my belt, having them with production going all the way around my back. I'm a small guy, right. so the mag change rule really helped me a lot. <laughs> so I now how many how many mags were you able to move forward? Just the one mag pouch or two? Um, well, I think I've got only two behind my hip now. I have three in front of my hip and a magnet. And then I've got two okay. behind my hip. It, it's very much now like an the, open setup. Okay. Did the magnet help out at that match? No, not really. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> but it did help out at the match the week beforehand in Birmingham. Uh, we had an they unloaded like an... table start. Okay, and you had to, all your mags on the table, right? Okay, that's where I see it being a big help. But they did have a stage. Uh, I do run steel mag bases, and they did have a stage where you had to change from a barrel that had magnets on it. So I was able to have my mag sticking up where everyone else had to have it laying down. That helped. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. What, what? Do you know why they had a magnet on it, or was that just happened to be? Well, they were supposed to change the, uh, the stage plan and have it where it was... Uh, you had to start with your mags on the magnet, but it was never actually written up and finalized that way. So the RO was supposed to do that, and it just was never finished. And there was also some of the wording was actually kind of open to that, and there was some gaming going on with that from what I found out by um, the president-elect, actually. Where, uh, or the president, sorry, he's not president-elect, he's been elected. Um, where you just had to tap the mag on the barrel, Biden? the way the wording was. You don't actually have to have your mag on the barrel. So, hey, if, they're ga if, oh. if there's a way to game it, they will find a way to game it. Right. You know, gaming is just a, a neat term for bending the rules. Yeah. If you're not so, cheating, you ain't trying. That's right. You get caught, you're not trying hard enough. That's right. Okay. Uh, I think that was the, the biggest thing from the uh, rules changes. So, okay. Leo, you have anything else? I do. I actually have three questions. Okay. Uh, my first is, how comfortable are those glasses? Dude, <laughs> I love them. I actually wear them not just for shooting. Um, you know, if, if it's uh, I, I've got thirty-three acres, and I have I work until like five thirty at night, and I've got a bush hog and mow when I get home from work until dark, and. They say they give you an extra hour of sunlight. They do. I, I'm able to mow oh. until past dusk. Brian, you'll be happy to know that your product does what it says it'll do. Yeah. That's so well a, done. It's a well, great cool. Um, 
So my my next two questions, and then I then I got nothing. Um, do you have uh, a shooting mentor, like somebody that has guided you through the beginnings of your your yearling career of being a USPSA shooter? I do not. Uh, everything I've learned has been on my own. Um, I've met some people along the way at different matches and have given me some tips and tricks along the way. And that's, that's one of the things I really love about the USPSA is the shooting community. Everyone is very helpful. Everyone, you know, if they see something that you can work on, you know, when you're shooting a stage at a match, uh, they'll give you tips. They'll say, hey, try this. Um, you know, they, if you, they see you having issues with your ammo or your gun, they'll give you little tips on that. Um, everyone's been very helpful, but I don't really have a mentor. Everything I've really learned on my own, doing my own research and my own practice. Well, then I think you'll make a very good mentor for somebody. Um, not That was not my third question, though. No. Third question <laughs> is, um, would you ever shoot any other divisions? And or and or any other formats, IDPA, uh, two gun, three gun, stuff like that. Well, um, I'm building at uh, Carry Optics Canic right now, so I can uh, settle up with against Dave over here and uh, Nationals maybe next year. <laughs> he's doing or that in October, now, and then when you beat him, he's gonna be like, "Son of a, <laughs> give me those glasses back." <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to be happy he's going to have it's only because of the glasses that's yeah. what it is man <laughs> they change um, but so yeah, you so then would, you, would you shoot idpa or two gun or anything since you're a big rifle guy well i I've, I've thought about two gun um and actually my initial idea for getting into the sport was actually three gun um you know this was a couple years ago uh, three gun was big, hot, and heavy. Actually, I, I first bought the AR, and I've got my AR set up. I've got a nice Daniel Defense already tuned up and ready for three gun. But I mean, with the price of two two three right now, I, I just I can't go for that. Um, now I've got a nice uh, shotgun. I've got set up for it. I picked up a uh, Stager M3K, and I've got it all tuned and tweaked and ready to go. Um, and then my last purchase was actually the pistol, which is what I shoot. So <laughs> funny how life works out, you know, right? Well, I shoot those others around the farm. I've got, you know, I've got some, uh, I reach out to about 200 yards here and I've got a nice little, uh, uh, clay thrower here and we, we have some fun on the weekends, but, um, as far as competition, I just figured that's how you said hi to your unwanted neighbors. <laughs> They're not too close, thankfully. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, there you go. Yeah, thirty-three acres. They're not going to be, uh, you know, a hundred yards down the road. Well, I don't know how his, how his yard is laid out, Dave. I'm speculating. Uh, three well, guns. Yeah, that's my all plan. I had. Um, so yeah. They do have a practical shotgun. So you I just think you I went full bore, most expensive thing you could do three gun you were like yeah i just want to spend a lot of money well it was over time you know okay <laughs> so you have what you were gonna you're thinking about shooting uh they have a practical uh a practical tactical uh at the uh this range down in birmingham so it's shotgun and pistol 
Uh, I'm thinking about trying uh, trying my luck at that and seeing how that goes. I do that once a month. That okay, seems pretty cool. interesting. Not a bad yeah. way to spend a Saturday? Nah, right. sounds like a good time to me. With some beers and burgers that afterwards. always fun. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I Nothing mean, wrong with that. I feel like we're moving to Alabama, Dave. As, America. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Daniel, do you have any uh, final comments or any plugs you'd like to add? Uh, I don't have anything that I can think of. Um, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just starting out in this sport and um, learning a lot and just having a good time and enjoying myself. If you're not having fun, then why the heck are we here? Exactly. Truth. Well, I would like to. Uh, Take us just a second and thank Brian for um, allowing us to give away one of his uh, pairs of glasses. And I'm I'm ecstatic to hear how much you like them and the fact that you wear them all day long. That's awesome. Most definitely. They are awesome glasses. He uh, He's putting out one heck of a product. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things. He's an awesome I'm guy. He, he supported the sport. I mean, he, he's it's uh, he's got it going on. Yeah, he does. Agreed. Well, Daniel, thank you for coming on the podcast. We appreciate your time and information. Uh, hope to see you on the range and at Carry Optics Nationals, and I hope you don't beat me. <laughs> I don't know that I'll shoot it this <laughs> year, but possibly next year. But uh, I'll definitely swing on by and see you guys, and uh, maybe I'll bring some of my uh, my homemade wine. All right. <laughs> I mean, sounds like a plan. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah. Thank you.